That sound means it's another edition of the Wisports.net podcast. I'm Travis Wilson, general manager at Wisports.net, and we are just about wrapped up with winter sports as the boys basketball tournament takes place this week, this weekend, and that'll do it for winter sports. And then, believe it or not, it's on to spring sports. Some practices for spring sports already began. Track has actually had uh, some indoor track and field meets. Baseball, uh, pitchers and catchers reported this week. Uh, We've got other spring sports beginning soon. But before we do that, we have to get to one of, if not the, uh, biggest tournament in the WIAA uh, postseason in the entire year of, of any of the sports, and that's the Boys Basketball State Tournament set this weekend at the Cole Center in Madison. And of course, uh, we would want to bring in and will bring in our boys basketball expert to break it all down, Mark Miller, uh, celebrating a birthday this week. And in uh, in appropriate fashion, we're throwing a nice big party at the Cole Center this week, Mark, for you. How's, how's that sound? Yeah, Thank you for doing that. I appreciate it. <laughs> yeah, uh, fifteen thousand of your closest friends uh, expected on on uh, some of those days. So, uh, a, a great time of the year. Obviously, you know it's been a long season. It's been a trying season in a number of uh, ways, especially with all the uh, postponements and cancellations and changes that uh, that teams and coaches and players and athletic directors had to deal with. But ultimately, we're here. If we think back to, uh, what was it, mid-November, when teams started practice, it, it seems like forever ago, but now we're at the state tournament, and uh, of course, always a great, great three days at the Cole Center. Yes, absolutely, and this year will be no exception. Again, we have some really great teams and individuals that I think a lot of people are looking forward to watching, and um, of course, you know, for most people that uh, attend the state tournament, it's, it's three days of relaxation and just kind of watching things unfold, uh, you know, for, for working stiffs like you and I, <laughs> you know, um, we have a few more responsibilities, but even in that regard, I mean, gosh, uh, to, to have to work to cover the state tournament, that's a pretty good, uh, pretty good situation to be in. And uh, it's, uh, it, it's never gets old and it's always enjoyable and the drama and the, the storylines that emerge from these three days are, are always fun to follow and, you know, there'll be some heroes, there'll, there'll be some difficult losses, you know, there'll be some questionable calls, there'll be some incredible individual performances, um, and, and there'll be some great students cheering sections uh, and mascots and uh, all that stuff that goes with high school basketball that makes it such a great game that will come to, uh, you know, its conclusion this weekend. And it uh, it will be a great week. And it's, uh, if you're going to work, sitting front row at the Cole Center for uh, what is it? 19 games or I can't remember now. <laughs> no, 15, 15 games, 15, 15 yep. games that we yep. have now with the uh, five divisions. I'll, I'll take it if, if that's gotta be our work environment and, and what we're doing. So, uh, let's, yeah, let's, let's, uh, get into things though a little bit. And we're going to start by looking back first and we're going to take a look back at, at sectionals and some of the sectional finals and, uh, and, and talk about that a little bit, uh, just how we got to this point. Um, Anything that that stood out at the sectional level? Obviously, we had uh, a few uh, postponements that that uh, were impacted by weather that moved games to Sunday, which was a little bit abnormal. Um, but anything that that kind of stood out, any any significant upsets that uh, that you thought that uh, really were were newsworthy 
uh, from those sectional games last week? Well, I think the the old adage that beating a team three times in the season is is very difficult to do kind of came true in, in some of the sectionals. Uh, Kimberly had beaten Nina twice during FBA play and, and got bumped off by a point in the sectional semis. And, of course, Nina went on to win a very close game against Hudson in, in the sectional finals. And same with Sun Prairie, uh, losing twice, to, I think, by one point each to La Follette during the Big 8 season and then coming back and, and beating them. Uh, in the tournament to, to get its second straight uh, berth in, uh, in Madison, uh, you know those were those were difficult losses, obviously for the teams that wound up on the short end. But and you know it's hard to really label them major upsets because those teams are so familiar with each other, and the regular season games had been so tight that um, you know anything really could happen. But when you're the league champion and you get bumped off before you get a chance to play you know at the Kohl center and you lose in a sectional final or a sectional semi it's it's pretty tough to 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 take you know and and uh you know so we did have a few upsets and that's always the case you know i think uh kimberly and and waukesha west uh, not advancing to the state tournament perhaps in division one uh, a little surprising not shocking but a little surprising um so you know we got a couple couple different teams uh, uh competing at state uh you know, and then I, I you obviously have to say the same with Sussex Hamilton. I mean, they, they had beaten uh, Brook Central twice and, and lost in the sectional final in a very close game. And and here, Brookfield Central is back at the state tournament after beating uh, their rival, Brook East, in the sectional semi and then beating Sussex in the final. I mean, that's, you can't say they didn't earn it. And, and not only are they at state, but they ended up with the number one seed. Yeah, and uh, speaking of seeding, let's let's get into that quickly. We'll break down each of the the divisions uh, in depth, but just from a uh, kind of a large scale perspective, uh, second year that we're doing state tournament seeding, state final seeding. Um, how'd it go this year? Do you think any anything that stood out? Any significant surprises in the seeds that were released on Sunday evening? You know, not really. I mean, when you do the seeds, you know, when you only have four teams in each division, obviously the biggest one is who's going to be number one and, and who's going to be number four. Um, you know, because if you're two and three, you're going to play each other anyway. Um, I thought Lacrosse Central probably deserved a two seed in Division Two, and they ended up with three. But regardless, they were going to play Milwaukee, Washington either way. So um, I didn't really see. You know, doesn't really matter in that situation. Uh, and as far as the other divisions, I didn't see anything that really stood out as kind of a surprise or, or anything. I think the coaches got it right, and you know now we now we go play the games. Absolutely, and one of the the things that uh, was of note, and, and we'll talk about it a little bit later. But how about Division Four, where New Glarus is twenty four and two, ranked in the top five pretty much all year in Division Four, and just with the strength of that Division Four field, they end up getting a four seed with a twenty four and two record. Uh, but let's uh, let's start in Division Three though, because that's the teams that will open things on Thursday, 1:35 p.m. with Martin Luther, the top seed, taking on Northwestern, the first Division Three semifinal, followed by Wapan and Denmark. And uh, as you noted in your preview for this week, kind of the it seems like the big story in Division Three is that potential, and, and we emphasize potential so that nobody gets mad at us. <laughs> The potential for a rematch of Martin Luther and Wapan in the state title game. They played a regular season game earlier this year that Martin Luther won, and that's likely why Martin Luther got the one seed over Wapan. Uh, but take us through that Division Three field and uh, in, in how likely that rematch between Martin Luther and Wapan might be. 
Yeah, you know, uh, the thing about the state tournament that it seems every year this pops up and we all, you, you know, you have to remind people that it is a state tournament. It's not a regional tournament. But when you look at, at the sectional that Martin Luther came out of, particularly teams like Christine St. Catharines and, and Delafield St. John's, um, you know, St. John's beat, uh, as a Division three school, beat uh, West Dallas Central, which qualified for state in Division one, And they were no higher than a three seed within their own half of the sectional. So, you know, those three teams in particular, I thought, were three of the best teams in Division Three, and Martin Luther survived and, and, and won really in convincing fashion over, over St. Catharines there, and then, uh, you know, uh, absolutely crushed Boyd Turner in the sectional final. Uh, I think they're playing really good basketball right now. They, they're a senior-dominated team, although one of their key players is a junior, uh, Joey Emicus, who has made 69 three-point shots this year for, for Martin Luther and, and really keeps that lane open because defenses have to have to guard him at all times or or he'll pop in a three on you. The thing that stands out about Martin Luther, they, they remind me of some of Wallersheim's, uh, Paul Wallersheim's teams at Dominican. They, they have excellent guard play and athleticism and quickness on the perimeter with Ace Evans and Traquan Carrington. And um, it's going to be tough for any team in the Division Three field to to keep those guys out of the lane and to keep those guys from putting extreme ball pressure on defensively um, and, you know, being on the bigger floor at the Cole center, I think it works to their advantage as well. Um, while Pond, on the other hand, uh, you know, probably a little bit more of a half court team. Um, although certainly they, they have, uh, you know, very good players that can play in the open court. I mean, they average 71 points a game. Uh, you know, Marcus Domask obviously is a guy that, that everyone talks about and rightfully so. Uh, has had a great, great four-year career at Wapan and has had an unbelievable senior season. And, and they only have the one loss, you know, prior to Christmas at Martin Luther. So uh, they've won 20 in a row coming into the state tournament and have won them uh, in convincing fashion. They had, a, they had a tough game in the sectional final against Brookfield Academy. They won by six, and it was tight all the way. But, uh, um, you know, they have three guys that are going on to play college basketball with Marcus going to Northern Kentucky and uh, Quentin Winterfell going to Crookston, Minnesota Crookston, a D2 school, and their point guard, Trevor Vandesand, he's going to Ripon College, a D3 school. So, uh, and, and I really like what uh, Reese Holman has been giving them as well. Uh, he's a 6'5 senior that's uh, very strong and, and takes the ball to the basket really well. So, you know, is it possible for Northwestern uh, and, and our Denmark to upset those two teams? Obviously, anything's possible at the state tournament. You know, nerves play a big factor in it. Uh, how well you get off uh, in the first part of the game is, is a big factor. You know, Northwestern's case, you know, they're, they're going to go up against a team that has more quickness and, and more athleticism than what they're used to seeing in the heart of North Conference. Uh, so a really good start by Northwestern is going to be vital. Um, and then as far as Denmark is concerned, you know, they play they play a very competitive schedule in, a, in, in the Northeastern Conference and, and tri- uh, shared the title with Freedom and Wrightstown. They have uh, uh, two really good, um, I guess you'd call them post players, although both can play inside and outside um, in Zane Short and Patrick Sumnick. Uh, Patrick is a 6'8 kid that's averaging a double-double. He's at 19 points and 10 rebounds. And then Zane Short is a kid uh, that, that is averaging 20 points a game. Uh, and, and also both of them do a very good job of, of drawing fouls and getting to the line. Uh, so for Denmark, I think, uh, you know, as they go up against Wapan, they're going to want to make it uh, a half-court game and, and try to use their size to their advantage and, and somehow slow down Marcus Domask and, and uh, 
you know, he, he's a tough matchup for, for teams because he can, he can hurt you in so many different ways. Uh, and the biggest way he hurts you, I think, is, is just in his, his overall feel for the game and, and what's needed at, at any particular point of a contest, whether it's scoring, rebounding, passing, you know, getting a big stop on defense, uh, making a three or, or, or taking the ball to the basket. He, he just does whatever's needed to win. And, uh, you know, sometimes that means that he's not scoring all that much because he's passing it to the, to, to Quinton who might have a hot hand from the perimeter. Um, so it's going to be tough for, for Denmark and Northwestern. Um, I'd be very surprised, I guess, if, if either one, uh, not that they're not good teams, but just that the teams they're playing are, are outstanding teams. So I, I think that Martin Luther Wapon rematch uh, could very well happen on Saturday. And that uh, first game between those two teams, that was that at the show or at the uh, uh, shootout? No, that was a non-conference game at Martin Luther. Okay. Um, and that was before Christmas and, and uh, Martin Luther got red hot from from three point land and 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 won, ended up winning seventy nine to sixty four. Um, you know, I don't know if if they're going to be able to shoot as well as they did in their own gym that night. Um, if if they get that rematch with Wapan, um, but you know, they're a team that that definitely can shoot the three, um, but they're also a team that that you know can score in different ways too. Um, so it's not like they're reliant on the three point shot. Um, and uh, the one thing that Martin Luther has is a matchup for Marcus Domas. They can put Xavier Jones on him, and Xavier uh, is a four-year varsity kid like Marcus. He's about the same height at 6'5", six, 6'6", six, six, and, and he moves laterally very well, and they don't need him to, to be a huge scorer on the other end, so he can really put most of his energy on the defensive end, um, which you know is, is something that the other teams in, in Division Three they just don't have that matchup for for Marcus Domax like uh, Mark Luther does. All right, so looking forward to a potential, again, we'll emphasize potential, rematch in that D3 title game between Martin Luther and Wapan. Let's move on to Division Four, where I have not gone back and, and looked through all of the uh, the records, but four combined losses amongst the teams that have qualified in Division Four has to be up there as uh, one of the fewest uh, combined losses for any state qualifying group in the uh, single division. You have Roncalli, defending champions that are undefeated. You have Lord's Academy and uh, Osseo Fairchild with one loss. And then, like I said earlier, New Glarus, two losses, ranked in the top five and ends up getting a four seed. Uh, just a really, really strong, deep group of teams in Division Four this year and represented in these four teams that have qualified for state. Yeah, you know, they lost four games on the court. The Osseo actually has a second loss because of uh, playing an eligible player way back at the beginning of the year against Black River Falls. So technically, I guess you'd say it's five losses. But, you know, in terms of uh, personnel that mattered in that Black River Falls game, they, they, they would have won easily. But, you know, sometimes those things happen. And, uh, you know, good for them for reporting it and, and putting it down the way it should be. Yeah, it's it's a it's a very very good field, um, you know, and I think the games will will, will reflect that. Um, you know, Osseo Fairchild, and I can start with them. They they won the Western Clover about the last two years. They have a a, a do everything kind of player in Logan Mulhern, who's who's averaging twenty almost twenty four a game and ten and a half rebounds and about five assists. And the other thing that he does exceptionally well is come up with steals. He's got 70, he had 76 steals through their first 22 games of the year. And I, you know, listening to them and watching them on, on the internet a little this year, I didn't get a chance to see them live, but 
I have seen them, you know, on, on, um, on the internet and, uh, it's it's remarkable how Logan comes up with those with those steals at at just the clutch time of the game. You know when his team needs a basket or just needs possession. He's just one of those guys that has a nose for the ball and, and just he's a little like Marcus Domask. He just knows what's needed at a particular time in the game to help his team win. And he's a guy that doesn't get a lot of publicity statewide. You know, being an Osseo and at a smaller school, not a lot of people have heard of Logan Mulhern. But, but he really has had a remarkable four-year high school career. Uh, his father is an assistant coach uh, on the bench at Osseo, Kelly Mulhern. And many state fans remember his grandfather, Harold Mulhern, who, who won over 600 games, I think, during his high school coaching career. He, was, he coached at Osseo for a very long time, at Osseo Fairchild. And then, um, then he also coached at Chippewa Falls McDonald and Durand. Uh, and he also coached at a couple schools in Minnesota, and I, I got a chance to talk to him earlier this this uh, winter. He's still doing very well and uh, gets to a lot of Osseo games, and he's as proud as can be of his grandson. And why not? I mean, he's, he's had just a fantastic year, player of the year in the in the conference. So, um, you know, they're more than just than, than just Logan as well. Corey Myers is a is a big guy uh, uh, at six five, and and not only is he six five, but he's a big six five. He's wide, and he and he can score around the basket, and he can rebound. He actually can block some shots. He's a really good rim protector for them. So, um, you know, they, they get a tough task off out of the bat to go against uh, uh, Lourdes Academy, um, which is 25-1 and one, uh, and, you know, only has one loss, and that was uh, to Dominican by five points on the road early in the year. Um, and, uh, you know, the thing with, with Lourdes is that they defend at a very high level. They don't have uh, a big guy necessarily to match up with, with – uh, with Corey Myers, but what they do have is athleticism and, and speed and skill. And um, that's reflected in the fact that they have made 294 three point shots. Uh, and that was through 25 games. And they were shooting uh, 46% from three point range. I mean, that's crazy. Those are crazy numbers. Henry Noon had, uh, leads the state in both three point field goals made at 123 and at field goal three-point field goal percentage at 58%. Um, and I know that they play in a small school league, but anybody that makes 58% of their threes, uh, you know, it just doesn't happen. Um, and, you know, they survived a very, very tough sectional final against Marathon. Uh, and uh, Marathon's best player, Carter Hankey, had a shot at the buzzer that was blocked by Hayden Jones. Um, and, and Hayden is a guy that can really get off the floor. And even though, you know, he might not be as big as Myers. Uh, he's got the toughness and the jumping ability to make things tough for him. So, uh, you know, Lourdes has had a great year. Uh, Osseo's had a great year. The, you know, they're both conference champions. They both have individual players, and they both compete hard. Should be one heck of a game. Um, it's really a pick game. I mean, anyone could – either team could win that game. Um, and then, of course, Ron Colley coming in with the 26-0 and a 34-game winning streak dating back to last year. Uh, and, and just destroyed Milwaukee Academy of Science by 28 in the sectional final. Uh, and that's a, a MAS team that's got, you know, three or four scholarship basketball players on their roster. Some of them are younger, but, you know, they got a couple juniors there that are going to get Division One scholarships. The thing with Ron Colley, as state fans have seen, you know, many times in the past, is that they they just grind you. They just play so smart and intelligent and uh, you know, they don't take bad shots. They can all shoot. They got a difference maker in Chambi Lambert, four-year varsity kid. Um, 
who can go off and, and you know score 30 points in a given game. And you know they're going to take on a New Glarus team, which like Ron Colley is is senior dominated, and features really good guard play. Uh, Jaden Kreklow and Zach Feller uh, are, are outstanding guards. Trevor Gassman, another senior guard that's been uh, in the starting rotation for Travis Cisco for three years. You know they they like like the other teams in this division. They're conference champions. They won the Capital South. They got four guys in double figures. They're not exceptionally tall, but uh, they're strong. Um, you know, Mason Martinson, a sophomore, has had a good year for him. Gasman is kind of their uh, their glue guy, the guy that does the dirty work and the guy that can rebound and score. Um, and uh, like the other teams in this division, they're very well coached. They'll be very well prepared, and they played a good schedule. Uh, so, you know, it's certainly not a given that Roncalli uh, wins that game. I think, really, when you look at D4, all three of the games, the two semis and the championship, you could make a case for any one of those four teams coming out of there. Um, so, like you said, to, to start this off, Travis, it's a, it's a balanced field with really good teams and really good records and really good players. So it's going to be a lot of fun to watch. Absolutely. And uh, I, I was not aware, I guess, that uh, Osseo had forfeited that uh, game earlier in the year. So I can see, uh, I was kind of curious why we had Osseo at 25-1 and one on our stuff and, and the WIA had them at 24-2. Yeah. and two. So that, that uh, certainly makes a little bit more sense now. And I, I have to say, you, you mentioned that game, uh, Ron Colley's win over Milwaukee Academy of Science. That has to be one of the most impressive performances, not only of the sectional weekend, but of the of the year to to really dismantle a team with that much talent uh, for Ron Colley to do that with, um, you know, not not Division One kids, uh, just very, very impressive. So uh, really looking forward yeah, to Division yeah. Two, or excuse me, Division Four, where, you, again, so many good teams and so many uh, uh, good players that are going to be represented in that division four field. Let's take a look at division five, which opens things on Friday, right away in the morning. You have Sheboygan Lutheran getting back to state again. You have McDonald central Columbus Catholic, and then Bangor, the defending state champions represented as the only public school. I don't think we'll get into the public private thing uh, today, Mark. Uh, I'm sure there'll be enough of that at the Kohl center. And uh, especially if, As could happen, we have state champions uh, in divisions five, four, maybe three from the private schools. We'll save that for a different time. But let's take a look at this division five field where, again, uh, three teams with pretty sparkling records and McDonald Central in there with nine losses in a very, very tough conference, a very tough schedule. What are we looking at in division five? Well, you know, I, I think it's a, it's a pretty balanced field, uh, with the exception of perhaps of McDonald, which comes in, uh, you know, for the fourth straight year, uh, advancing to the state tournament. Uh, and, and again, uh, this is a situation where, uh, you know, as the, as the, I think they're the only private school in the, in that sectional, uh, I might be wrong. There might be one more, but, um, they, they have, you know, own that sectional. They've won it for the last four years and they had a really good run of talent. Um, obviously with some guys that are playing college basketball right now, this team this year has a new coach, Adam Schilling. Uh, and it doesn't have, uh, you know, that marquee big guy that they've had in the past, like Hayden Bauman or Alex Hoagie, Grayson Knowlton. I mean, they had some, some good front court players over the last several years. Uh, they got off to a slow start. They lost, uh, uh three of their first five games. But, you know, uh, they play, without question, one of the toughest schedules in Division Five, and that really helps them every single year. They play in the Western Cloverbelt, 
which as you know, has uh, mostly division four. And even I think they even have a division three team in that conference. And so they take some lumps, you know, they take some lumps, particularly early in the season. He plays a tough non-conference schedule. They played Bloomer. Uh, they played Colfax. Uh, uh, and they played Marathon. I mean, those are really good non- non-conference teams. And then of course, uh, uh, they got Osseo Fairchild choice. And then, and then the last game, which was one of the last regular season games, so it was in uh, late February, uh, they only lost by three to Osseo and, and they had the lead for much of that game. So uh, you just see them, it's kind of a familiar scenario, other than the fact that they don't have the big guy that they've had the last several years. They, they get better as the season progresses. The scores get closer against the better teams. And then, of course, they take care of business. Uh, against the second-tier teams, and they ended up finishing second in the Western Cloverbelt. Their best player is Corey Hoagland, who's been on the varsity for, for a couple years now, and uh, he's a physical, tough, hard-nosed 6'3 guard that can rebound and score and pass. Um, and then their other guys all kind of play a role, and Adam Schilling has picked up, uh, you know, right where Archie Sherbinell left off in terms of having the, the team play smart and, and play together and, and share the ball. Uh, but having said all that, they, they have a tough task. Uh, Sheboygan Lutheran's a very, very good team. We're ranked number one for much of the season in the West Sports Coaches Poll for D5. They ended up sharing the Big East Conference title with Howard's Grove and Oostburg, um, and uh, and then went on a you know a pretty uh, a pretty good run in the tournament. They they did get tested in the sectional semis. They had to go overtime to beat uh, Houstonford. Ended up winning that game by eight points. But when you think of Sheboygan Lutheran, you think of an up-tempo team that averages almost 84 points a game and is led by Jacek Eknasevic, uh, their 6'7 junior center, who, who's averaging 30.5 points and, and 15.5 rebounds and about two blocks a game. So if you haven't seen Jacob play, uh, he's, he's just a very consistent, um, hardworking interior player that's got some athleticism and some skill. Uh, he can step out and, and shoot the three. Uh, and then their other guys are, 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 are very good players as well. Delvin Barnstable leads the team in three-point field goals made. He's got 66. Casey Verhagen, the son of Coach Nick Verhagen, is a freshman point guard who who doesn't play like a freshman. He, he, he's a very intelligent, very quick, um, very aggressive uh, point guard that does an outstanding job of pushing the ball in, in, in uh, transition and locating open teammates, he's averaging almost 10 assists a game. Uh, so uh, it, he, he's a very key player, obviously, to them. And then Graydon Grabowski is a senior that's uh, played varsity ball for a few years now for, for Coach Verhagen, and, and he's a guy that can score off the dribble, uh, can get to the foul line, and, and also is a pretty good rebounder. Uh, you know, they played a good schedule in the Big East. You know, they played Howard's Grove twice, uh, split with them. Um, obviously played Oostburg and, and lost that game, but they won all their other games. Um, and, uh, obviously they're hungry to win their first state championship since, uh, since Sam Decker won the game, won the uh, game against Racine Lutheran in 2012. Uh, the other game in, in D5, I think will be very, very close. Uh, hats off to Banger for, for, uh, losing four starters off their team last year that won, the, the, as you mentioned, won the division five state championship. They come in at 25 and one with four newcomers in their starting rotation. The one holdover, of course, is a very good one. Uh, Grant Mankey is player of the year in the scenic bluffs and averaging 23.6 and 13.6. So, uh, you know, he, he's a guy that can definitely get you some, some, uh, some points in the paint. Um, and it's going to be a tough matchup. He's a, he's a thick, strong, um, athletic forward. That's, um, uh, that makes things tough on, 
on, on opponents. Uh, Zhang Langer is a very good three-point shooter. He's averaging about 12 game. And then they're, they're pretty balanced after that. Um, but again, I, I, I can't say enough about how impressive the, their performance is this year after losing as much as they did. I mean, everyone expected them to have a really good team last year. But, uh, you know, first-year coach, too, and Jacob Peterson, he's come in and done a remarkable job to, to get them to where they're at today. You know, their one loss was against Blair Taylor by eight early in the year. And then they came back in, in the sectional semis and beat Blair Taylor by three in a very good game. I think Blair Taylor had one or two losses on the year. So that was their big, uh, you know, their big win to get to Madison. And they're taking on a Columbus Catholic team that uh, has qualified now two of the last three years, uh, won the Eastern Clover Belt, uh, has two losses to two very good teams, Marathon, which lost by one in the sectional final, to uh, Lourdes and D4. And then, of course, uh, in, the, in the crossover, uh, Clover Belt crossover, they got beat by Osseo Fairchild. Uh, there's four really good seniors on this team. Uh, they all bring a little uh, different, uh, a little different uh, mentality to the game, I guess you'd say, a little different skill set. Bryce Furlinger is is one of the best rebounders for a six four kid that you'll see anywhere. He just has a great timing on both ends, uh, on the offensive board and on the defensive board. He's averaging 13 and a half rebounds a game to go with 16.6. Uh, his brother uh, Tyler was a good player at Columbus Catholic uh, two years ago on their state team and went on to play or player. And there are other three seniors that have uh, played key roles are Noah Taylor, Jared Mandel, and Ethan Meese. They're all averaging between 14 and 15 points a game. So they got three, they got four double figure scorers. Um, they can shoot the three uh, and, and uh, you know, they defend at a good level. Joe Konichke always does a really good job. And, uh, you know, their game with bangers is one of those pick them games. I mean, you could go back and forth a hundred times and pick and, Columbus or Banger to win that game. I think it's it's really a toss-up. Um, I went with Columbus because uh, I think their seniors and their leadership and, and so forth might be the difference. But, you know, Mankey could also be the difference with his ability to to score and, and be dominant in the post. So uh, I think D5 will be very interesting. Uh, you know, I think Sheboygan Lutheran's the favorite going in. But, uh, you know, it wouldn't surprise me to see uh, you know, the winner of the Banger-Columbus game, give them a heck of a game in the championship. I guess I'd be surprised if McDonald beat uh, Sheboygan-Lutheran, but, uh, you know, they certainly won't be intimidated by them because they played such a great schedule. Absolutely. Let's uh, move on to Division Two, which is a division full of interest and intrigue and maybe a little controversy as well, uh, but we have a very, very talented field uh, in Division Two and I think people could argue, uh, understandably, that the Division II teams, uh, in, in just in general, the elite teams, maybe are better than the Division I teams this year. Uh, but that'll be a different argument for a different time uh, because we do have a lot to talk about in Division II, beginning with top-seeded Nicolay. Uh, their situation is well-known. If, uh, if people are listening to this, they know by now that Nicolay had a good team last year, made it to the sectional finals, in fact, losing to Kaukauna, uh, and then got a few transfers in this year that have really uh, boosted them up to another level. Jalen Johnson, his brother Colby Johnson, transferring from uh, Sun Prairie. James Graham transferring in. Um, not without some uh, some controversy with those moves, but here they are, one loss to uh, an out-of-state team, right, I believe? Yes, yeah, they lost to Pope Powell. Paul to six out of Virginia, which is a, a, a you know traditionally a, a, a really good program. They lost by eleven, uh, and since that time they have not lost. That was 
I think just before Christmas. Um, so yeah, I mean, you hit the nail on the head. I mean, obviously they took three of their top five scores are transfers, the two Johnson boys and, and James Graham, who I think you look at those three guys and, and they all, you know, could potentially play at the division one level. Most definitely Jalen Johnson will be, you know, will be at the division one level. And, you know, they joined a, a team that had some good players coming back in its own right. You know, Jamari Sibley, uh, like Jalen, a six, nine junior is a guy that is definitely going to play at the high major level. So they have two high major NCAA division one players as we speak today in Jamari Sibley and Jalen Johnson. And then they have two other guys that I think, you know, will play scholarship basketball, uh, down the road in James Graham and Kobe Johnson. And they have a real steady senior in Sonny Finnessy, who's a returner from last year. Uh, and, you know, so <laughs> the, I think most people would say that Nicolet is the best team in Wisconsin, regardless of division. They're ranked in the top 10 in USA today right now nationally. So, uh, you know, it'd be hard to, to argue against that. When you've got two six nine high major basketball players on your team, one of which, you know, can handle the ball and play in the perimeter or play inside in Jalen Johnson, uh, you know, it's it, it's it's a pretty tough combination to beat. I mean, Jalen's averaging 20 points, 11 rebounds, and almost six assists per game. Uh, you know, he, he's just, you know, from the time I first saw him play at Sun Prairie as a freshman, you know, when he first took the court, he missed the first few games of the year uh, that season because of an injury. But when he first took the court, it, it was immediate that you could say, this kid is special. I mean, he, he could do things even as a ninth grader uh, with the body and athleticism that he had at that stage that were so far advanced uh, that, you know, it was pretty apparent right from the get-go that, that he was special. And, uh, and you know, he's, he's obviously had it lived up to his, uh, his reputation and his ranking and, uh, you know, he's, he's made the most of what he has in terms of his skill. And uh, he teams with Sibley to give Nicolet, you know, two of the best basketball players in the state, uh, regardless of class. Uh, so they are definitely the team to beat uh, in division two. Now, having said all that, um, you know, they, they certainly, uh, you know, will face a, a, an Elkhorn team in the semifinals that <laughs> won't back down from anyone. Um, you know, the Umnus twins uh, are quick, uh, highly competitive. Um, they're skilled. They're both going to Wisconsin Lutheran College next year. They've both been on the varsity for a couple years now for Coach Scatrude at Elkhorn. And then um, Nick Brown is a, is a 6'5", 6'6", junior who's had a really good year. He gives them a little a little size uh, that they're definitely going to need against Nicolet. And, and Chance Larson is another kid that's had a, a really good year uh, and, uh, for Elkhorn, which, you know, speaking of a, a very difficult trek to get to the Kohl Center, they beat uh, Burlington, which is a, a, a middle-of-the-road team this year in the Southern Lakes, but a, a longtime rival and a team capable. They beat them by 11 in the regional semis, and then they beat East Troy by six in the regional final. And, of course, East Troy had one loss on the season going into that game and won the Rock Valley Conference. Then they turn around and beat uh, their, their rival, uh, Westosha Central, the team most people probably expected to come out of that sectional by one in the sectional final. And uh, they had lost to Westosha twice during the, the, the conference season, uh, both times by double figures. And then uh, in the sectional final, they get a late basket and beat Mount Horeb, the Badger North Conference champion, by two. So uh, Elkhorn certainly uh, earned its, its trip to the state tournament. Of course, all teams earn it, but uh, they – they had a tough road and, and they surpassed each of those hurdles. And now of course the biggest hurdle of all comes with Nicolet and uh, 
it's going to be tough for them to, to, to hang with them, you know, on the glass. I think it'll be tough for them to, to handle, uh, you know, the, the abilities of, of Jalen and, and Jamari like it is for every team in the state of Wisconsin. Um, so I, I do think Nikolai will advance. And then of course the other sectional, uh, or excuse me, the other state semifinal game, uh, pits two of two more outstanding teams with division one talent, um, in, in Milwaukee, Washington and across central, uh, like I wrote about on Wisports, sports. And when you look at these two teams, I mean, you're looking at six to seven, you know, possible NCAA division one players in this game. Uh, you start with Washington. I mean, Michael Foster is one of the top-ranked sophomores in the state or in the country. Excuse me. Uh, you know, at six nine, people saw him play last year at the state tournament, and he's had a good year. He's averaged nineteen and ten. Um, and then, of course, Deontay Long is back for his fourth year of, of varsity competition. And you know, he's he's hopefully put the off-court situation you know behind him, or at least you know trying to 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 overcome that. Um, and he's played. Uh, in all but two games this year for Washington, and he's averaged 20 and eight. And then, of course, the the big pickup that they got uh, about a month ago or a month and a half ago, I guess, is Trey White, six six freshman, who moved into Milwaukee from Dallas area, and uh, is is one of the better freshmen in the nation, and already has a scholarship offer from Kansas, and and he's averaging 18 points and six rebounds. So you got three Division one guys there. And then you got guys like Shiante Clay Jr. and Jonte Martin, uh, who have been around the program and uh, you know have college aspirations of their own. So um, you know, I, Washington's a very good team. They're they're playing really well right now. You know, they had a tough regional final game with Tulsa West, in which they only won by two. But then they took care of Milwaukee Lutheran and Bayview uh, pretty handily in the sectionals. And, and they're taking on a lacrosse central team that. Uh, that's here now for I think the fourth straight year, uh, Lake McDonald. They've both been here four years in a row, uh, and is led by Johnny Davis. They're six five junior, is averaging twenty two and nine. Uh, got a Wisconsin offer, a relentless attacker of the basket, and a highly competitive, athletic kid that will keep coming at you for all thirty eight minutes. He won't back down. Uh, his twin brother Jordan is is more of a of a, a perimeter player. He can shoot it. He's got fifty two threes on the year. He's the top. Uh, three-point shooter on the lacrosse central team. Uh, he's also being looked at, as you know, Travis, for football. Uh, both, of, both the Davis boys are outstanding all-around athletes in terms of basketball and football. Noah Parcher, their point guard, this is his fourth year on varsity, about as tough as they come in terms of physical and mental toughness. He's averaging 11 game. And then Terrence Thompson, their 6'7 junior center, who has several D1 offers, uh, is averaging uh, about eight points, doesn't score a ton, um, but he does, he does a good job rebounding and blocking and just being that inside presence that they need with size. So uh, I think that game, like several of the other semifinal games, is a pick em game. I really think it could go either way. Um, so I did pick Washington, and I know a lot of people have been talking about a potential Washington-Nicolay Division II state championship game. Uh, and if that materializes, it'll, it'll have the Cole Center buzzing. <laughs> That's for sure, because uh, there'll be uh, plenty of talent, a lot of transfers, uh, a lot of guys with, you know, some some uh, uh, recruiting interest from from both Marquette and Wisconsin, along with many many others. So those are the kind of games I think that, you know, the average fan and the, and the stands really looks forward to watching. In Division One, we'll wrap up our our discussion there in the Division One field, and in some ways, I think you could call Division One the, uh, the the story there. 
who is not there. Uh, not only the teams that are not there, if you look at the final Wisports.net coaches poll, none of the top five teams made it through to the state tournament. That includes Madison East, who went out uh, earlier in the tournament, Sussex Hamilton, who got knocked off in a sectional final, Kimberly, Waukesha West losing in sectionals. Um, so from, from that perspective, it, it's about who's not there and also the teams that made it, who is not there. Brookfield Central lost their top score, gave Malensic uh, to an off-the-court issue uh, late in the year and still made it to the state tournament, a huge testament to Dan Wandry and, and the, the players there. Sun Prairie lost Marlon Ruffin to graduation, the Big East, or excuse me, the Big Eight Player of the Year, All-State player. And as you mentioned earlier, Jalen Johnson and Kobe Johnson leaving Sun Prairie as well. But here's Jeff Booz back at the state tournament with this group. Um, a really interesting and intriguing Division One field that I think is as wide open as it has ever been, especially when you look at some of the dominating dynasties, if you will, that we've had the last few years in Division One with Germantown and Stevens Point, etc. Really uh, an, an interesting field of teams that we have here in Division One. Yeah, you hit the nail on the head. It's it is uh, very interesting, and you mentioned teams not there. Uh, you know, it's it's uh, magic of March, I guess, for for some of these teams that that got there. Uh, you know, Brookfield Central is a, a you know tough situation there at the end of the year with, with Gage, you know, no longer on the team, and you know you're talking about a four year varsity kid and a Division two recruit for Truman State, and now he's not playing and. You know, they lost their last game in the regular season to, to Germantown. And, he, you know, things were kind of, things were kind of, uh, I guess the best way to put it is uh, kind of, you know, just coming apart, I guess, for, for Brook Central. They they took care of Fond du Lac and they took care of Bayport and the regional to kind of get a little bit of their swagger back. And then, uh, you know, they had to go through two of the toughest teams you'll find anywhere, uh, greater Metro Conference rivals in Brook East and Hamilton, Sussex Hamilton. And, they got by Brook East after splitting with them during the regular season and then, uh, you know, had to go overtime, but uh, uh, got by Hamilton, um, you know, in that sectional final after losing to them twice during the regular season. And despite the loss of Mal, in fact, they're still obviously have, have some very good players on the team. Uh, David Joplin's one of the top sophomores in the state, averaging almost a double-double at 17-9. and nine. Uh, Cole now is, is uh, about a good all-around complete basketball player as you'll find anywhere. Um, the 6'3 senior going to Hillsdale, he's averaging 14 points and five rebounds and has taken over the point guard duties. He's got 95 assists on the season uh, compared to 48 turnovers while playing, you know, arguably one of the toughest schedules that you'll find any team in Wisconsin playing. Um, you know, I, I happened to see uh, their win uh, over, over Martin Luther at the WBY shootout. And Cole now was fantastic in that game. He just did everything. Then I saw him, you know, about a month later, and they played a very good East Ridge team out of Minnesota in the border battle and got hammered by 18. Uh, and that was the end of a tough week where they had also lost uh, to Brook East and Hamilton, so they had a three-game losing streak. But since that time, their only loss has been to Germantown, and then again, that was right after Malinsek departure. Um, you know, a kid Malik Abdul Wahid might be big for them this weekend. He he's uh, he's kind of an emerging junior. He's six five. He's bouncy. He's averaged a seven and five this year for them to go along with Joplin and Cole now and Cole's younger brother, Ben now, who's, who's also a very good player. I think on paper, if you just look at the schedules, the personnel and everything, 
Brooks Central probably comes out as a slight favorite to win the Division One uh, uh, championship, but truthfully, any of the four teams uh, could win it. And you can say that about all the divisions, but uh, I think it, it rings true a little bit more probably in D4 and in, in D1 uh, this year than, than the other three divisions. Uh, Brooks Central takes on a Nina team that uh, comes in at 19 and 7. Of course, they they, they play in the FBA, so uh, you know that their losses are also very, very good teams. Um, you, you know they, you know, like you mentioned, the teams that are there that don't have players that are playing. Well, Nina lost one of its best players before the season even began, and Grant Flory, who went out with the, unfortunately with a torn ACL and has not played at all this year. Um, but Max Klesmith, their junior six three junior, has had a remarkable season. He really has. I mean, he, he set a school record earlier in this year with 41 points in a game. He's averaging uh, 24 and a half points a game. And he had 30 in the sectional final come from behind win over Hudson, including the game winning basket with a couple seconds to go. Uh, he's the guy that makes them go. The rest of their roster is made up of kids that play exceptionally hard for coach Robbins and will do whatever it takes to win. Uh, play really good defense, box out well, rebound well. Uh, so Nina will not be uh, an easy team to defeat, obviously. Uh, you know, that they got that one-point win over Kimberly and the two-point win over Hudson to advance. So they've certainly been battle-tested playing the schedule that they've played this year. Um, so I look for their game with Brook Central to be close. I, I just think Brook Central has a, maybe one or two more scoring options that might uh, emerge as the winner in that game. The other D1 semifinal, you mentioned Sun Prairie. Uh, obviously losing Johnson boys and, and uh, 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 Marlon Ruffin to graduation from a year ago, left a lot of holes in their lineup. Well, they had even more holes because Colin Schaefer missed all, but uh, uh, seven games this year, he's played in the last seven now uh, because of an injury from football. And, and he's come on, he's played really well for them. Now he played a lot of minutes last year at the state tournament. So that was a huge loss when, when he was not on the floor for the first 19 games of the season. Uh, but he's averaging 11 points right now for them and does a lot of the ball handling duties for Coach Boos. Um, there are two seniors that have really stepped up this year, our, our brothers Brock and Alex Voigt. Uh, they both have had outstanding years. Um, Cooper Nelson, I think, is going to Madison as a walk-on for football. As a, he brings a nice physical presence to the team. Um, and, and then, of course, Delaware Hale, um, who also missed a bunch of games this year uh, for with an injury and for other reasons. Um you know, he, he is uh, a guy that can make a difference around the basket at 6'6". Um, he's averaging um, 12 points and about four rebounds a game. And they take on a West Dallas Central team that, you know, many people may not know much about, uh, you know, coming out of the Woodland West, which is always a, a very good conference. It seems like, uh, you know, the champion of that league is almost always at the state tournament. Um, their best player is Jacob Fierce. Um, he's averaging 21 and, and 5. He's a, a six. Six, uh, a six-six-six kid that can step outside and make three-point shots. Got a scholarship to Morningside College, uh, which is an NAI school. They they only have uh, three losses on the year. They lost to Milwaukee Madison early. Pewaukee got them uh, in conference play. Uh, they ended up splitting with Pewaukee, and then they lost in overtime to St. John's Military Academy. Uh, Glenn Martin is also a, a really solid uh, point guard for. Uh, for Coach Dave Melanchnik there at, at West Dallas Central. He's got uh, 78 assists on the year. He's averaging 13 points. And uh, kind of an unknown junior that I think people are going to like is this Shiloh Bowles. He's 6'7". He's averaging about 15 a game. Um, so uh, 
you know, that's going to be a pretty interesting game. I think they match up pretty well with Sun Prairie. Um, so I think both of you won semifinal games are going to be really close. I, I did pick Sun Prairie and Brookfield to advance, and then I got Brookfield winning. But I, I think they're going to be really good games and, and really tight games. Well, there you have it. Mark's breakdown of all five divisions, all 20 teams that have qualified for the state tournament. And just as a reminder, folks, uh, Tuesday afternoon, things get underway at 1.30. Continue all weekend, of course. Don't forget about the three-point challenge set for 9.30 a.m. on Saturday before the championship games begin. Has really turned into a great uh, 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 thing that the WI has put on, uh, something that we've partnered with them on to provide stats and information throughout the year. And, uh, and really uh, a fun experience for the kids, the, the 10 participants to get out there, get some shots up at the Cole Center. Um, on the girls' side this year, there had to have been close to 1,000 people that were, were there for just the three-point challenge, hopefully uh, just as many for the boys as well. And uh, get to a game. We, we say it all the time, and especially this time of year, especially at the state tournament, get to some games, get to a couple games, even if it's just one session, and take in some of the great action and great teams that we have here in the state of Wisconsin. If you can't get to the games, you can watch them on TV, of course, on the uh, Quincy Television Network, many of the ABC stations and others around the state. If you have questions about where you can watch it, how much tickets are, where you can park, etc., check out our FAQ article that we published on wisports.net earlier this week. All the information right there for you. And, of course, follow along on wisports.net. Uh, we'll be at the games, Mark and I and Dick Nipinski uh, pitching in as well. Uh, so you can uh, follow along on the games, not only you know what the score is and, and whatnot, but uh, our, our hope is kind of bring you some of the uh, atmosphere and, and the goings-on around the Cole Center as, uh, as you watch the games on TV, maybe uh, take in the games at the Cole Center. Uh, but you can find all of that information uh, on Twitter. You can follow me at TravisWSN. You can follow Mark at uh, WISBBYearbook. Wiss is that what it is? Yes. Yeah. Uh, at Dick Nipinski, at WISSportsNet. And, of course, Mark and Dick will have uh, recap articles each session, each day from the state tournament and, uh, obviously, the championship games as well. So getting set to be a fun three days. It always goes by too fast. Um, you know, our, our lead up to this point is long and uh, tedious at times as we get through the season. Uh, this is kind of the payoff for us, just like it is for the teams. Great time to sit there at the Cole Center and take in all the action, catch up with coaches, media members, fans, etc. That, uh, that we get to chat with. So check them out. Follow along again on TV at the Cole Center and uh, what we're doing. Uh, Mark, great job all year. Of course, this won't be the end uh, of our basketball coverage either. Mark will have some AAU information and some coaching changes and all kinds of stuff throughout the offseason, so make sure you stay tuned for all of that. Mark, uh, appreciate you joining us. Uh, looking forward to your big birthday party this week at the Cole Center, and uh, it should be a fun time. All right. <laughs> yes, it should be. I'm looking forward to it as well. Thanks, Travis. All right. So that's, uh, he's Mark Miller. I'm Travis Wilson, general manager at wisports.net. This has been a wisports.net Minute. We'll see you at a game.